they look at me like I'm probably crazy. I put a order in for 50,000 guitar picks. Well, what are you <laughs> like, doing with 50,000 guitar picks? <laughs> so far, I have raised $160,000 for our charity. Bravo. Thank you, my friend. That deserves a round uh, of thank applause. Thank you. Through three, selling three pieces of art or donating three pieces of art. Yeah. And uh, I, I've set a personal goal to hit a million dollars. The power that we have today in our cell phones via the internet is sick mm -hmm. i mean there is nothing you can't do in this world a lot of people that are ridiculously creative and ridiculously talented but they don't maybe feel confidence in themselves to mm -hmm. go out and like display this art um but i just say go for it my friends welcome back to the smoky mirror podcast where we dive deep into creative minds that shape our culture and inspire us all my name is Jordan Jones. I'm your host and fellow creator, and I'm on a mission to spread knowledge and inspiration to help people like you leave your mark on the world. From artists to musicians to entrepreneurs and more, join me as we explore the intentional act of creation and the forces that drive us to do God's work. Today, I'm joined with John Arena, aka the Guitar Pick Artist, and he's going to be sharing about his journey becoming the... Uh, seller of a a, a a beautiful alice cooper portrait for a hundred thousand dollars 120 120 thousand dollars don't forget that 20 that's right <laughs> so he's i saw his art at art basil and i was just blown away because i'd never seen anything like it and as you can see we have a beautiful piece right here i guess john before we even get started on anything else talk about this piece yeah so you know obviously inspired by creating uh, art out of art picks and uh iconic photo right absolutely uh, absolutely an iconic photo um well, that's what i do with my art i really look for iconic photos within the mm -hmm. music world to be my my subject matter mm -hmm. and uh she's just uh, awesome unfortunately lost her pretty pretty young right part of the 27 club and yeah uh, an amazing artist so um the colors i think just represent a lot of her personality and i was just looking to do that when i created this piece yes and so i really when I was looking, when I looked through all your pieces, I, I love that the era. How would you describe that era? Oh gosh, well, you music. know, uh, um, so I'm from the era, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a 61 year old guy with an interesting story uh, about the art as well. So, I mean, I grew up in that time. Grew yeah. up with real rock and roll. That's kind of a lost art right now, right? Yeah, I was. It's so. coming back a little bit, mm -hmm. but uh, I think some of the younger folks are certainly appreciating. Uh, the classic rock, right? And yeah. Still can't get away from it. It's all over every radio station somewhere. Timeless. Right? It's timeless. It's timeless. So I grew up with all that music, loving these artists. Uh, fortunately, didn't go to Woodstock, but I wish I did. I had the album, loved all the artists in that era, and just yeah, just admired them. I play a little music myself as well. So yeah. So I, I did inspirational for me. Yeah, I did see that you were a, a, a musical artist, but yes. then so have you always had a, a talent for drawing or? You know, <laughs> interesting. So how far back do you want to go? As far back as you're willing to take me. Let's, so, go, let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. So, you know, it's interesting, right? Um, uh, way back. I mean, as a kid, I think everybody's a little a little creative as children, right? Mm -hmm. And um, But as you, as you age and as you mature and as culture kind of grabs you and pulls you into the traditional way you're supposed to be, go mm -hmm. to school, go to college... Um, get a real job, make money. You got to right. kind of get put into a box. Yeah. So I've always had a little creative talent. Played in musically. I played in bands. I played the drums way back when in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, sang, played in high school. Again, same thing. Gave all that up uh, to do the college 
right. background, go to work, standard. make some money, the standard traditional mm. uh, path that life takes you, right? Sure. And uh, so it's always been in me, but I've never really tapped into it until mm. until recently, really. Uh, the last couple of years, I reconnected with some bandmates, uh, believe it or not, the power of social media, mm. Facebook, Instagram. I connected with a guy, John Fuchs. He's uh, the bass player of the band that I play in now. Yeah, um, Long Island band, New York, where I'm from, originally from the New York area. And John uh, moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, uh, starting up another band there. The band's called the Bourbon Stills Band. And John's been playing this music since 1976. It's all wow. Allman Brothers, all Southern rock. So yeah. it's Marshall Tucker, Allman Brothers, ZZ Top, all that kind of music. So reconnected with him and started playing about four or five years ago. So that kind of got me back into the whole, wow, this is like super cool. Mm -hmm. So we play a lot of gigs and, you know, lead singer of the band now, I've given up the drums. That's certainly not my forte, but lead singer of the band and get up there and put on the whole put on the whole show and just wow. love that whole creative aspect of it. That's awesome. So that's been kind of the start. And then the art came uh, probably about three years ago. I've only been making the art for about three years. It really was a COVID lockdown project. Wow. So lockdown during COVID and um, lots of time on my hands <laughs> and looking for something, some creative outlet and something to do around the musicians with guitar picks. Obviously, I'm around a lot of guitars. Uh, discover the art surfing the web i discovered a guy by the name of ed chapman mm -hmm. uh, if you look him up ed chapman is a pretty well-known mosaic artist out of the uk and he makes a lot of rock icons out of stone i mean his work is just phenomenally good and uh, one of his pieces that i discovered online was a piece of Jimi hendrix mm -hmm. and he made this piece out of guitar picks mm. so you know, one of his few he does like mosaics out of pennies Crazy. Different colored pennies, like the different color of the copper. That's crazy. You know, and he, he's just amazing, absolutely amazing. So this Hendrix piece he made, he had auctioned it off. I think it was for uh, breast cancer, I believe. And uh, it sold at auction for a decent, you know, pretty phenomenal amount of money. And I just caught the buzz, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, that is like super cool. Uh, I always thought I'd make mosaic tables or something like that. And I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, but started making some pieces. My first piece I made was a uh, just the logo of a rolling the Rolling Stones logo, mm -hmm. and from there it, it just took off. You know, during the lockdown, I made about three or four pieces, and then um, everybody was like, "This is like super cool, right? Yeah, uh, really cool stuff." And so I'm like, let me see if I can sell it, right? So I uh, connected with a gallery here in Miami, uh, David Rosen Gallery. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but mm -hmm. David's a great guy. And uh, he saw my art, thought it was like super cool as well. And he said, yeah, bring a couple of pieces by. We'll put it up in the gallery. And then they just started selling. Wow. Uh, I really started selling. Uh, sold about uh, four or five pieces pretty quickly with him. Uh, Bono, I think there was a Elton John piece. There's a whole bunch of pieces that I sold through him. Mm -hmm. And um, then I just really, you know, I have, I've had a good life and uh, I've done well in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And I really just was like, you know, what can I do philanthropically as well? And that's mm. how the whole Alice Cooper I thing see. came to play. That's beautiful. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, so one, I got a lot of answers. I'm so trying to go. figure out how did you get started like... You're just like, oh, I saw him do it, and you just went and started. Like, how did you even? Yeah. Like, where did you get started? How'd you learn how to do this? Yeah. So <laughs> first of all, you know, I, I'll just say this. Yeah. So, I, so I, again, I'm 61 years old. Sure. Um, you're a younger guy than I am. I'm 26. A, a yeah. Much younger guy. Than <laughs> so let me tell you, when I was young, 
if you wanted to find out anything, any kind of information, guess where you had to go to get it? The library. Maybe the library. And then if you got it in the library, you couldn't find all, they didn't have all the magazines and all, all that right. stuff. So you, you had to go to microfilm. Wow. I don't even know, <laughs> you know what that is. is. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So microfilm, literally, you'd have to, if you wanted a magazine from like five years ago, they didn't have magazines or books. They had stuff on microfilm. Literally, you'd take it out, you'd put it in this little projector, mm. and you'd go through like old uh, old magazines and things like that for articles, how to do this or how to do that. Wow. So the power that we have today in our cell phones via the internet is sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is nothing you can't do in this world, and the information and the, the instruction is there. Anything, anything you want to do. So um, talk about a great time to be creative. Yeah. Because all you got to do is think about it, and you can go online and you can find somebody to give you some ideas or give you some inspiration to figure out how to do it. That's so true. And especially now with AI, like oh, yeah. the way that I, even the way, because I, I kind of empathize with your story because I felt like, you know, I always had a creative bug, but I didn't have a traditional, like I didn't play any instruments and I, I couldn't draw. So I never really considered myself creative. So I kind of harbored it, but later in my life around that COVID time, it was like, I want to start something. I don't know exactly what it is, but I want to just get started. And I had already started a clothing brand with my friends, but I kind of want to do something independent like me, like sure. stand on my own feet. And, you know, so that's where the podcast came from. So I just, I just love the fact that you were able to like, continue your job. And now you're like, you found a whole nother avenue to like, Donate to other people. You know what I'm sure. saying? It's like you're like people get a beautiful piece, and then now you're giving the proceeds to charity. It's like that's a double whammy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's been surreal almost. Yeah. You know, first of all, the acceptance of of the work, right? And people are paying some pretty good money for the art as well, um, which which has been awesome. And then the philanthropic piece is really where my heart is, yeah. to be honest. Because uh, I'm not saying I don't need the money. We can all use some money, but uh, again, it's not my main motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started seeking some, where can I sell my music? Where can I hang out with some pretty cool people like rock stars? Yeah, right? Like, it's hard to <laughs> beat know? that, right? So, so they, they, all, they all do a lot of philanthropic work, mm -hmm. right? They all um, are involved in some way or another, some more than others. And uh, so I started reaching out, just doing some Google searching, reaching out who's got some charities and reached out to a whole bunch of people. And uh, Alice Cooper's charity uh, came back to me pretty quickly and said, yeah, we do all these fundraising events. We do these concerts. Love to have you make a piece for us. You know, I said, happy to donate it. So I donated a piece, made a piece of Alice Cooper. Yep. Uh, donated it to the charity, flew up to, uh, he's out of um, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. He's got a cool charity. It, it's the School of Rock, basically. That's awesome. It's called Alice Cooper's uh, Solid Rock Teen Centers. And uh, these, they're just saving lives and doing some amazing things for the kids in the Phoenix area. Beautiful. Him and his wife. And, you know, a little bit about Alice Cooper first. So, you know, the persona of Alice Cooper, the guy's 75 years old. He's still touring. He's still rocking. The Insane. guy's a god, right? <laughs> he's a god. He literally. knows everybody in the music business. I mean, everyone. And uh, I got the pleasure to meet him and wow. do a little research on him as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, back in the day, um, he was probably Satan. That's what people thought of him. His music, he'd cut his head off with a guillotine. Still doing that, actually. <laughs> crazy. Right? Yeah. Cra crazy when you think about it. 
But to get to know the guy and do a little understanding of what he's about and what his family's about, very philanthropic, ridiculously philanthropic. A Christian, mm. which doesn't really, well, you know, <laughs> it's all a shtick. Yeah. It's a shtick. It's a family business. Um, amazing rockers. I mean, the guy's a god, right? And these teen centers, basically, uh, he tells a story that I saw online that he's driving around the Phoenix area and he sees these kids 12 years old on bicycles dealing drugs. Mm. And he was like, gosh, there's got to be something better for these kids, right? I mean, there's got to be something better. So 20 plus years ago, I think 20 years ago, they started this uh, charity. Mm -hmm. uh, so any kid uh, from 12 to 20 years old in the Phoenix area, you go to the Teen Rock Center, sign up 100% free. You pay nothing. Wow. 100% free. And it's the coolest place ever. Big stage. Just think of this like absolutely ridiculously cool place to hang out. Yeah. Big stage, instruments everywhere, wow. anything you want to play, uh, uh, practice studios. He's got his, Alice Cooper's got his recording studio there. That's so great. They can learn to record, they can learn to do music, they can play, they can form bands. It's faith based as well. So it, it's the whole package, and the kids pay nothing. I wow. mean, it's 100% free. So he does two concerts a year, he does a golf outing. Uh, that I just got back from, actually. I donated another piece uh, to his charity this year and just got back. I made a piece of Johnny Depp and um, Jeff Beck. Nice. I uh, got auctioned off for the charity as well. Sold for 30000 I'm sorry, that, which one, the Johnny Depp, oh, both of them? Or? Yeah, it was a one piece with both, oh, with both, both of them, them in there. Yeah, 30, yeah it was yeah. pretty cool. So 30000 uh, nice. which was great for the charity. And uh, they're just great people and just love doing that type of stuff. So I caught the bug. But the first piece was of Alice Cooper. It was a year and a half ago or two years ago. And uh, it was a concert. It was, it was just mind-blowing to me. Uh, there was two guys that got into it a little bit on the on the bidding side, <laughs> a young guy and an older guy. Mm -hmm. the, the older guy wasn't going to one-up the young guy. They, they, they were smart. So the young guy just like threw it out there, 120 grand, and the other guy was doing one of these. You know? Yeah, like, like, you it's got it. <laughs> it was cool. It that was is cool. cool. And the cool thing for me is, you know, I, I really get nothing out of it other than telling a great story and a little PR from my work. Uh, but giving back is just amazing to me. And I have set, since I caught the bug, I've set a personal goal. I've donated three pieces so far, mm -hmm. uh, two to the Alice Cooper uh, charity and then one to uh, a charity up in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, for childhood epilepsy. And I got to meet Butch Vig. I don't know if you know who Butch Vig is. But, I don't, but. Uh, Nirvana. You ever heard oh, of, Nirvana? of course, yeah. Yes, he was the producer for Nevermind album for Nirvana. Really? So he's a legend. He's a legend. <laughs> he also is the drummer of a band called Garbage. Again, these are all older rockers, but uh, legendary guy. I mean, put, put Nirvana on the map, of basically, course. right? And uh, I got to meet him, got to go up there, made a piece of the band Garbage, and it got donated. So, so far, I have um, raised $160,000 for our charity. Bravo. Thank you, my friend. That deserves uh, a round of applause. Thank you. Through three, selling three pieces of art or donating three pieces of art. Yeah. And uh, I, I've set a personal goal to hit a million dollars. That's dope. I love yeah. that goal. Yeah, yeah, and, John, yeah. I can see you hitting that for sure. Yeah. Thank you. So Thanks. where do you get the guitar picks from? Yeah, so uh, the very first piece I made, uh, you know, eBay. Went out on eBay looking for what kind of guitar picks can I find, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, got them through eBay, really expensive, mm. uh, not cheap, right? Probably, I don't know, 
fifteen to twenty cents a guitar pick per. Jeez, and per guitar pick, right? And you're getting thousands. Yeah, this this piece <laughs> probably I don't know maybe fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred pieces of picks in this piece, but the bigger ones I make, five thousand guitar picks to make one piece. Jeez. So I'll give you an idea. That so, adds, and, yeah, that adds yeah, up. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, uh, it's a little much. Let's see where I can source them now that I was going to like really start making these pieces, right? Uh, so I get them from out, out of the country, source them from China, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Alibaba, and that's where nice. I get all my guitar picks from. And uh, you know, they, they, they look at me like I'm probably crazy. I put a <laughs> order in for 50,000 guitar picks. Well, what are you <laughs> like, doing with 50,000 guitar picks? You know? <laughs> Are you reselling them? What are you doing? Oh, right. Making some art. With They're them. like, hey, your money's good. We're going to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. The the colors on all your pieces is what really, it's like, obviously the icons is, you know, they they stand on their own. But the colors that you pick, they really stand out and give the piece a lot of emotion, you know? And I, especially the Alice Cooper one. I love the, the colors in it. Like, how do you come up with the color schemes? Yeah, so, you know, I, I mean, I'm limited. Some people ask me when they see the art, oh, do you paint those guitar picks? And, you know, they're not painted, right? Yeah. Uh, I buy them that way. I try to find as many different varieties of guitar picks as I can find, different colors. Uh, you can buy some custom-made ones. Uh, I made a piece recently of Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. which was like, ridiculously good, right? <laughs> I mean, Freddie's an icon, and I he's got sunglasses on in this one particular photo. And um, uh, I was able to find stainless steel guitar picks. Wow. So guess what mirrored stainless steel guitar picks mirrored glasses right so really cool and the 3d of it just is really really amazing so um but you know i'm limited to the guitar picks i got about 40 bins in my garage Mm -hmm. and they're all filled with different colors of guitar picks and different types of guitar picks so you gotta go yeah (laughs) yeah so i got them in bins and uh you know in terms of the colors and how i lay it out it really comes down to uh, what I'm feeling when I'm making the pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I put myself in a in my studio or in my room. It's in my house, but uh, crank up the music of the artist. Of course, get some inspiration. Of course, right, and and just start start going to town and just really whatever comes to me or whatever I'm kind of feeling at the moment. Wow, I love that. I think this is just incredible. To be honest, I love meeting artists that take things that you know mean a lot to them or like inspire them and then put it in such a way that other people can like it for themselves you know yeah. i think that's i think that's great um how so like when you first got started you said you mentioned uh the guy down here the galleria guy how'd you get in touch with him because i'm sure there's plenty of people that are like how do i get my work in a gallery yeah yeah so david rosen david right? rosen david rosen galleries was here in, in miami he had a big location right here in the design district mm-hmm and, um, you know, I, to be quite honest, I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm, I'm a business guy. I'm kind of got that background. And, you know, well, what can I do here? How can I get what I think is some really cool art in, in front of people to kind of test whether or not what I'm doing is kind of validating what I'm doing? Yeah. So, uh, you know, with the power of social media and an old guy learning social media, right? I got an Instagram and I got a couple of things on there. So I realize you can, like, tag people, yeah. right? right? You can tag people and then they get... Notified. Notified. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, how do I get my art in front of somebody that owns an art gallery? Well, I go to their art gallery and I tag my art on their art gallery. So next thing, they get pop-ups and they start seeing my stuff and then leave it out there for about three or four weeks. And then I pick up the phone and I call them. You've probably seen some of my art. I make this really cool art out of guitar picks as my medium. Can I bring some pieces by? So he's like, yeah, come on by, bring some pieces, let me see. You know, bring it one, maybe I'll show one piece in the gallery or something like that. Maybe I'll give you a shot, but bring them by, let me see what they're about. 
Well, I, I talked to my wife, and I'm like, she goes, well, which one do you want to bring? I, they're all so cool. I don't know which one. She goes, bring them all. <laughs> I brought them all. I had nice. about five pieces. I brought them all. And um, we show up there. I un undo them. He couldn't choose which one, so he kept them all. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he kept them all. So you know what? I, I would say to anybody, because I, I see a lot of people that are ridiculously creative and ridiculously talented, but they don't maybe feel confidence in themselves to mm -hmm. go out and like display this art. Um, but I just say, go for it, you know? I mean, anything you want to, I mean, just put yourself out there. All you can do is get rejected. You right. just go find somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. and just keep doing, keep knocking on doors until somebody opens the door. Right? Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting because there's always, always, there's always two sides of it. It's the creative part. And then it's also the promotion. I've seen like, even with musicians, it's like, sometimes you have to think about it in a way that makes you a little bit more open to, to, to being out there. You know, criticism can come. But it, it is that confidence that you need to have in your piece and stand on it and say, yeah, this is it. Like, this is what it is. Like, I, w I want people to see it. And yeah, you know, you know and probably me coming from a different background, right? Mm -hmm. Again, not being the creative right from the get go. Yeah. Or having that creativity, but not not embracing it at the time and, and going the corporate route and the, and the college route. And, you know, again, being put in that box, as I like to say. Um, you know, I got the business skills. I got the uh, salesmanship, the salesmanship following up, yeah, communication skills, that, sure. that type of thing. So that's obviously a lot of confidence there. And once I started getting some validation and getting some, you know, some validation about the work, you know, I just pumped my chest and you know, yeah. I just went out there and had some fun with it. I didn't really care. I didn't need it to eat. Right. It know, is these starving artists that need to eat. <laughs> not a different story. You give away your stuff for a burger, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you got to eat or put a roof over your head, yeah. I wasn't in that situation, so I was certainly a little more out there in terms of, hey, listen, I think it's really cool. This is what I think it's worth. Whether I sell them or not. It doesn't matter to me, really. So before um, COVID, were you doing any kind of art on the side? or Before COVID, art uh, didn't exist in my life other than being a collector. Okay. And, and, and somebody that just super appreciates art. Really? But actually making stuff. Now, now in terms of creativity, I probably had some creativity stuff going on. Okay, some outlets. Uh, some outlets. So um, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I, I bought a home back in 2013. It was 1992. Needed to be completely remodeled. Where? Uh, over in the Naples. Right? Oh, in Naples. Yeah, okay. in Naples where I live. And it's my personal house. And uh, it was a beautiful house in terms of the bones of the house. Mm -hmm. 1992. The guy who owned it was like 80-some years old. Uh, maintained it, but did nothing to it since 1992. Mm. So um, it to me, I looked at it as a blank palette, slate, which yeah. is better because I looked at some homes at the time when we were looking to buy a house, and people spend ridiculous money, but they have no taste at all. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know, they spent a ton of money on all this stuff. You can tell it's high, high quality, but oh my goodness, Tacky. you, you should have hired an architect or a designer or somebody. I mean, it would have been well worth the money. Yeah. So uh, this was a blank slate. I saw, you know, a vision of what it could be. And um, so, you know, things are expensive. Plus, I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing things myself. Mm -hmm. and, and again, the power of YouTube, the power of <laughs> any, so electrical, plumbing. You're doing all that. Oh, I'm doing everything. Tile wow. Work, tile work. I came home with a jackhammer one day. My wife what? Said, what are you doing, dude? 
<laughs> no, that's a and okay. I'm, and I'm tearing out a bathroom, and I'm jackhammering the floors, and wow. I'm moving pipe. And you know, the worst case, the worst thing that could happen is like call a plumber, call an electrician, call you know somebody to do something. <laughs> but I, I just was relentless. I wasn't going to give up. And it took me a while. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I started with one little project, and I, I built a little outdoor kitchen outside. Small, very small outdoor kitchen. Planned it, built it. Really cool. What would have cost me eight grand or something like that? Cost me like twenty five hundred bucks. Wow. All in refrigerator, sink. Really beautiful, beautiful. And it turned out amazing. You know, and life's about little wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, what's confidence? What's ego? What's what's any of that stuff? It's little wins. Mm -hmm. You do something, you accomplish it. You're like, wow, that's pretty cool. I did that. Yep. You know, and then it gives you the confidence to say, let me try something else. So let me try something else. So let me try something else. And, and I say to a lot of young people out there today, I mean, the only thing that keeps you from doing anything is fear of failure mm -hmm. and laziness. Mm. Because today, the power in that and in the internet and the power of what you can do. Just put yourself out there. It's endless, man. It's yeah. just totally endless. The opportunities yeah. are there. It's there. It really is. I, I really want people to unlock the, the chains off their brain. Because like you said, we go through a process of learning to, there's a, there's a safe way. I have to provide. You know, I got to pay bills. I got to. But then there's also that, that part inside of you that kind of wants to be free from those type of, you know, you're putting yourself in a box because you feel like you have to, you know, it's like you feel like you have to do things. So you, the things you want to do, you kind of put those to the side and it's like, why not marry the two? You're like, why can't we figure out a way to, to do both? Yeah. And, you know, and failure, failure is Fa part of life, man. Yeah. I mean, failure is part of life and, um, do it. You don't do it well, try again. You don't I, do it well, try again. Eventually, you'll be good at it. You'll I've gone back and forth with my friends about, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, let's just get yeah. it done and get it out there. You know? Yeah, I, I give you another recent example. Just just like little wins and, and the confidence that I've built in myself. And again, with the power of the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I keep stressing that because don't underestimate that. A lot. I guess I assume a lot of younger folks today just take that for granted. Mm -hmm. uh, but the amazing thing that's there, it's just ridiculous. So... One of my nephews was in town uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, can I do some wash before I leave, you know? He came from the north, and I'm like, yeah, sure, we use the washing machine. He throws some clothes in there, and the thing conks out. Stop, wow. Stops working. You get some error code on the, on the <laughs> washing machine. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, halfway through. Um, so we look up the error code. We have the ability to do that, go online, mm -hmm. this kind of washing machine, here's the error code. Well, it could be a clogged little filter. So I'll pull the thing out, look for a clogged filter. Yeah, it's clogged. All right, awesome. I clean it out, put it back in, and then the, run it again, error code again. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's not the clogged filter, it could be the water intake valve or something. So, okay, you go online, you order the water intake valve, 70 bucks. <laughs> and two days later, it comes, you take the thing apart. There's somebody that tells you in the video, not even not even gives you instructions, gives you a video. A video. <laughs> I mean, if you can't follow the video and take out a couple of screws and release a couple of hoses exactly the way they show you how to do it, put it back together again, start it, things perfectly fine. Probably done a $600 repair mm. for 80 bucks, 70 bucks. Mm -hmm. Why can't anybody do that with any aspect of their life? Anything. Anything, man, right? Oh, yeah. Think about that. Anything. It's crazy. The only thing that keeps people from doing it is just lazy. Yep. And, and fear of, oh, what if I don't do it right? So you don't do it right. Right. Then you call and you spend the 600 bucks. <laughs> I think we- <laughs> Give we, it a shot. Right. <laughs> people when think you do it, you'll get so much confidence and so much ability to like, wow, this is like, I did that, man. Yeah. 
And I just say to myself, so, so the next thing that comes up, you're going to like, yeah, I've got that, or I'll do this, or I'll figure this out. When I first started the podcast, I was just doing it on my laptop, and I had a mic here, and we would be sitting here sharing one mic, you know? And, like, at first I felt kind of weird putting that out. I'm like, well, I'm just starting. But nobody, first of all, nobody cared. And the people that did, they were like, yo, that's dope. Like, keep it up. You know what I mean? And, and I started to be like, oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be, oh, I had a, a typo or something like that. No, I didn't die, though. Like, nobody yeah. Yeah. nobody came and took my podcast away. And it was just like, no, I just keep building. I keep getting better. And then, yeah, like, lo and behold, if, if I don't know anything, Google, YouTube, yeah, yeah. boom. Now we have AI. They're writing my descriptions. They're writing my titles. It's like, yeah, like life is getting way easier if we just can believe in ourselves that we can do it. You're exactly right. And the tools are there, man. I mean, the tools are there. You just got to grab them. You just got to grab them. And, uh, and again, it's all about little wins. You get those little, and that's from, from childhood all the way on up, right? You get those little wins. You get those little confidence boosters. You build your ego. And then you get to a point where there's nothing I can't do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can't do. I, I feel that way. I mean, there's literally nothing I can't do. That's powerful. I, yeah, yeah. I feel that way too, and I didn't, but I didn't always. And I remember the shift of when I didn't believe it to when I did. And I want other people to experience that because it's like when you really, like, it's not, because now it's not even believing. Like, you know it. You know, it's not like I think. It's like I really feel like I don't have to judge myself or like I can just do it. Like, I know I can. Even if I fail a little bit, doesn't matter. Like, if I put enough time and effort, Boom, it happens. Yeah. I want other people to feel that. I think. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's, that's how you learn. You fail. That's how you, you learn. You fall down. Yeah. You know, you think about when you were a kid. You know, there's a, there's a guy that really inspired me, an artist, actually. He's got a great story, and I would highly recommend uh, yourself as well as your audience to uh, take a look at him. Uh, he's a graffiti artist now. His name is Eric Wall, E R I K W A H L L L. I think a double W A H L. Yeah. Okay. And um, he came to, um, so the company I work for had a um, uh, annual sales meeting and he came, he was the motivational speaker and, you know, one hour he does his shtick and this guy is a speed painter, Wow! uh, but not always a speed painter. His story is really phenomenal. And I, I again, recommend look him up and look at all the stuff on YouTube. You can get the whole uh, presentation that he did, motivational presentation that he did online. It's there. Uh, he does it all over the world, I believe now. Mm. Um, but he basically, his story is, you know, um, you know, think about when you were a, ch- a kid, a child. If you, had, if you had a room of a 20 kids, little kids in a room, and you asked them how many of these, how many of you are artists, every single hand would go up. Every hand, mm-hmm. right? You ask a room of 20 people, 20 adults, maybe you get one, <laughs> if you're lucky. So what happened? From and that's what he kind of talks about is what happened when you were a child yeah. to when you were an adult, you know, and where have you lost that creativity? We're all creative. Yeah. We all have that creative ability. It's just really tapping into it and finding it, right? Mm-hmm. So he came to speak uh, at, and did his presentation, and he's super cool. In the time it takes to play a three-minute Bono song, he's throwing paint on there with paintbrushes in his hands and next thing 3 minutes later he's got this big video production of a bono video playing and crazy and 3 minutes later there's a portrait of bono that's crazy <laughs> it's super cool and he's got a really cool story uh, he conformed to life just like a lot of us do right he went to college started his own business and i think he's in his 40s maybe and during the dot com phase he um 
all the business and all the things that he was progressing through life and being becoming successful the dot-com stuff he was invested in a lot of that tech early on Mm -hmm. and it just went bust and he he was gone i mean everything he did and everything he is it was gone wow and i think he was 30 at the time when that happened i know he was crushed yeah crushed what do i do right (laughs) yeah and the guy's super smart and super knowledgeable very good speaker so he went to a probably a dark place for a while uh and he started painting remember he really liked that when he was a kid and you know started painting and um started creating art and then he took his business skills uh, with his creative skills and he took it out in a speaking circuit wow and he does this motivational speaking all over the world and uh the only way you can get one of his paintings now is through this motivational speaking event. Mm. He gives them away. So he paints these like and live gives them the, away. Yeah, live. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. And he's got a great message. He's got a couple of books out. Uh, one of them is called Unthink, uh, which is easy read or audio book, and it's just super cool. And I think anybody that's got um, any creative ju- – not even anybody that wants to tap into their inner creativity, I think yeah. it was a really good read for me. And he was really inspirational. Uh, for me, that I walked away from that like, this is really cool. And then the other thing that in terms of my life that's changed me, and I'll give you a, a little background. So, you know, I, I, I come up, do the, the normal route that you're supposed to go, as mm-hmm. I talked about, and I go start and work in the corporate world. And in the corporate world, the company I worked for, very conservative Suit and tie, yep. no facial hair, oh, no, man. No, no long hair, oh man, no tattoos, no t- <laughs> right? A pretty clean cut, really, really clean cut, right? And it was that way for the. I've been with this company for twenty seven years, wow, um, and uh, still working for them now, right? And twenty seven years, you know, that was my early years, probably six, seven years ago, maybe, maybe a little longer than that society started to change pretty dramatically. Mm. And then companies changed along with society, right? Yeah. And um, bring your authentic self to work. Tattoos, <laughs> piercings, yeah, anything, really, really anything. So it really gave me the opportunity to like, that's pretty cool. Like be yourself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like go back into doing the music thing. I got back into that. 60 years old, got my first tattoo. At 60? The only one I had. Wow, that's dope. 60 years old, <laughs> my, my first tattoo. Why not, right? Yeah, why not? I, I kind of figured that um, it's uh, not that big of a commitment at this point in my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not going to fade, right? Right. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but it, liber- you know, so society and some of the changes in society has liberated me as well to tap into my creative side and tap into, you know, the music that I do now with the band and uh, and doing the art. And and again, I just feel like there's nothing I can do. Wow, that's really yeah. cool to see that that perspective because I, I mean, I think it's cool to have like intergenerational conversations because like you were alive and the country was at a totally different place than it is now, you know Absolutely. what I mean? So you've seen it kind of go in a direction. What would you say overall about the direction of the country? Because it does feel, you know, like it's getting more open, but I do see a lot of division on TV and maybe on social media that's almost like painting a different world than what reality really is. Yeah, you know, I, I, I have some strong feelings about it. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep some of them to myself. Okay. But, you know, it, it, the reality is, you know, I, I think, you know, the television is like, is bad right (laughs) i mean gosh you look at the television and you you take that stuff in and a lot of people do and social media 
Uh, I travel the country. I'm all over the place. I interact with people. You know, I don't see it to be as bad as what I see on TV. Yeah, I'm not saying maybe that stuff doesn't exist, some of the stuff there. But it, it's fascinating to me because I, I've been on this planet 61 years. I engage with a lot of people. And I don't, just don't see it to the extent of what I'm seeing on television. And mm -hmm. if you lived your life within your circle or you lived your life by your experiences and not what they tell you on television, uh, I don't know. I think it's probably a better place to be. I agree. I really, yeah. I think unity is really where we want to go and where people are naturally drawn to it. But it's like we have media forces that almost like trigger people into getting emotional and like fighting with one another. Because, yeah, like you said, I'd be traveling the country, talk, meeting all types of people living in like near Miami. Sure. People are usually like very kind and they just want to take care of their family and their friends and like have a good time like why can't we like reimagine the way that we live our lives you know and, yeah. like, like how you you me um the gentleman eric wall like all these people are having the same experience of like we get molded into these worker drones i guess for lack of a better term and then we kind of rediscover ourselves later but like why do we have to go through that like why can't we just start from the beginning and live our lives a different way i think we're getting to a point where because of the internet and because of the free fall of information i think people are starting to reimagine the way that they educate their kids the way that our families are getting set up i, I honestly am optimistic about the future that we can kind of take back those those structures of like kind of getting people's brains like set you know what i mean yeah you know you know i had a good friend you know have a lot of conversations about life with some of my friends and I had a good friend. You know, if you thought about the 70s, what our parents, you know, again, what, what the parents of the kids from the 70s thought, oh, my God, the world was coming to an end. <laughs> right? I mean, that was crazy stuff back in the 70s, right? Yeah. And uh, I think it's almost no different than now, yeah. you know, where, you know, everybody thinks, oh, crazy, the world's going to end. Everybody's crazy. This cra Yeah, I think it's just a, a, a different generation. But I think the world goes on. People go on, and uh, yeah, I, I think it all works itself out. Yeah, it usually does, and I, I think art is a big part of it because it kind of brings everybody together. We can appreciate the beauty in pieces, or we can appreciate the skill that it takes to, to do certain things. You mentioned that you were a collector of art. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite artists? Oh, gosh. Uh, I got a couple of Bill Mack pieces. Mm -hmm. um, he does some sculpture-type work. Um, you know, I, you know, I, not even, I don't even know some of the names of some of the people. I just sure. know the art that inspires me. There's nobody big named artist that sure. I have. Right. But the stuff that I just really gravitate to, or something that just really touches me or something that I really just love. And are these like investments? Cause I'm, I'm assuming the value goes up and like, yeah, I mean, they certainly can be, I sure. mean, there's certainly investable art, uh, and there's art that you just buy because you like, it looks you nice, right? It's super cool. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, so I don't think my work, I'm not buying it for investment. I'm just buying it to add, uh, color to my life. Uh, to add some enjoyment to my life to, and just kind of express who I am mm -hmm. as well through some of the art that I collect. I like that. Yeah. Where do you buy it? Like, where are some places to buy yeah, it? Yeah, you know, I, I like the emerging artists, you know, so you can buy something a little less expensive. Uh, but really, I, I go to art shows, um, just all in and around. There's art everywhere, right? And then a lot of people are selling their stuff and just whatever touches me. Okay. Really. I like that. I, I kind of want to go. I, 
I love going to art museums, but art shows, I need to like just Google it and look up for more because I would I would love yeah, to go to You can't to afford anything at a museum, right? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to get inspired, maybe. And, yeah. and and some of that stuff I, I just I just laugh, to be honest, you know. So there's a piece right there. Okay. Um black paint on canvas. <laughs> okay. And we're supposed to be like all right, I get it. I guess I don't know. There's definitely and some. They're in these museums. It's yeah. famous works of art, and it's black paint on canvas. <laughs> I, I don't know. I do want. <laughs> do you have any insight on like the? I mean, what do they even call that? The uh, I'm not Proctor. You're the the person who picks the art, curating like a curating. Yeah. Like, how does that even? <laughs> who 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 does that? Like, how yeah. do you get into that? Yeah, you, you know, know? What, I, what I'm finding is the art world in general. As I start to dabble a little bit in the art yeah. world, it, it's a fascinating place, right? It's a fascinating place. The values of things are crazy. You know, why somebody values something over something else? Um, some work that can be so minuscule and so easy. It seems like okay, I take some paint. You know, I draw an outline of a bunny rabbit, and it sells for a hundred thousand dollars. It's crazy. I mean, how does that happen, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's the art world. It's an interesting place. Uh, as I'm learning, and uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what creates value, and you know, maybe it's just social circles of very rich people that. Right, because uh, he said he'll buy it. Yeah. Now it's so expensive. Jim's got it, and you know, he spent a hundred thousand, so I'm going to buy one for two hundred thousand. I don't know. I don't know how that works, really. Yeah. But it's fascinating. To yeah. Me. I've always wondered that, too. I go to the museums. I'm like, okay, I could have made this. Like, who who decided, you know what? This is beautiful. Put it in the Smithsonian. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. But it, it is fascinating. Are you going to stick with guitar picks for long? Or are you ever going to change? Yeah, or? you know, I, I might venture out. You know, when I first started, I always thought, you know, so I, as I said, I do a lot of construction work at home. I, yeah. I finished my whole house, by the way. Wow. And, um, um, then COVID hit. <laughs> it was like a five-year project, right? So I would work in on the house for five years, you know, little by little, on weekends, in the evenings, my spare time. Um, so then what happened was, you know, finished the house, it really turned out super nice. And then COVID hits and like mm. all this pent-up energy, all this pent-up creativity. I literally spent, besides working, you know, during the week, every spare moment of my time doing something, remodeling the house. And uh, then COVID hit and we're locked down with nothing to do. Watched every Netflix series <laughs> you can possibly watch, right? right? Yeah. And um, that's when I discovered, you know, again, the guitar picks. But I, I'm probably going to stick with the medium. Uh, I, I might do something in stone at some point, venture mm. into that. I mean, I like doing tile work, you know, backsplashes and things like that in the, in the home building por um, area, right? Uh, so I really like working with stone. Maybe something in stone, but the guitar picks are clean. It's easy. Yeah, you don't have to cut yourself on uh, you know sharp edges of some tile or stone. Uh, it was just easy to do. Easy to do in an air conditioned space. You right. Know, use saws or things like that, and maybe in the garage. So in Florida, air conditioning is good. Yeah, it's king, right? <laughs> it's we king. need that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely king. Well, because I'm just like you picked this up so easily. It's like, sheesh. What else could you do? You know, there's nothing yeah. you can't do. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love the medium. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun medium. I've been really having a good time with it. I, I For the most part, it's been all music icons. Yeah. Uh, I did make one piece of Sylvester Stallone. It was a Rocky piece. Mm -hmm. I actually made it for David Rosen, uh, the gallery owner. He, he wanted me to make him a piece, and I was so grateful for him giving me a shot, right? 
And uh, I'm like, you know, what do you what do you want? I'm yeah, making, whatever. Uh, make anything you want. And he's like, yeah, I really want Rocky. I'm like, Rocky. Okay, <laughs> I can make Rocky. I do rock icons, but I'll make you Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. And he's got it hanging out in his home gym, and he gets inspired working out. And, you know, plays the Rocky music. I guess that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. So he's a cool guy. Are you open for commissions? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I and I do a lot of commission work. Okay. And, and totally open for commissions as well. And I, I could do anything. You know, I can make a piece of you if you like. You really? Know? Yeah. But, Put yourself up on the wall. I don't know. You know what I just realized? <laughs> I don't even have my signature glasses on right now because I actually would want you to make me one. My... You're saying I'm wearing red glasses, and I just realized I wasn't wearing them. I, I, I might have to talk to you about pricing because <laughs> I would like a, a guitar pick painting of me. That shit would be sweet. You can get my glasses there like this, too. There yeah. I love it. That would be nice. All right, John. Yeah. Headset or no headset? No, I, I, I like that whole thing right there. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Microphone, headset. Wow. Yeah. If we do the headset, we got to do a microphone. Too. Yeah, that might be cool. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, John, we're going to have to be in talks for sure. <laughs> this, that, that, that's got to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited now. No, this is, this is one of the great things I love about the podcast is making connections and meeting people that are doing cool things that I can like, wow, hey, I have a friend that does this kind of art. You should actually hit him up. He can do, he might donate it, blah, blah, blah. Like making those connections is just nice for me. Now I'm, I might be able to get some some pieces made. There you go. What are some of the coolest, if you had any, like commissions that you've gotten? Uh, so right now I'm working on a Kid Rock piece. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, That's cool. a, a guy that I met that just loves he loves music. Yeah. He's a big collector of a lot of things, uh, cars and a bunch of stuff. And I uh, wanted to commission a Kid Rock piece. And, you know, and everything, you know, it's interesting how they pick who they want or even a piece that I've made. Um, I sold a Kurt Cobain piece. I made it. Uh, actually, it was a customer of uh, David Rosen from the gallery days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made this Kurt Cobain piece really cool, posted it online. And uh, a customer that had bought one of my pieces before through the gallery said, got to have that piece. Need like, it. Really, man? That's freaking cool. And I'm like, hey, listen, we're going to keep it through the gallery. I don't want to, you know, bite right. the hand that feeds me. Right? right, of course. So did it through the gallery, and um, they, they sent it up. They had a place here in Miami, which a lot of people live up north and have a place in Miami. Um, they ended up shipping it up to up north, I think Washington, D.C., I believe. And they told me, you know, we were just looking for the right piece to put in the space in our house, and we love music, and we saw Kurt Cobain's last concert before he died. Wow. Before he overdosed and died, right? And it was just like, it just brought them back to that place, mm. which is really cool. And that's what art does, right? Yeah. I mean, art touches you in a way that brings you to a place that gives you a lot of joy. Yeah. And that's why they, that's why you guys make the big bucks and why <laughs> these pieces are going. Because, yeah, it's, it's like that feeling that you get where, you know, a song hits a melody or, you know, uh, a certain lyrics. It just puts you into a like a euphoric state almost. And I, I think that's why we just love artists and why they capture our attention so much. Yeah, and musically too, right? I mean, the music, I mean, music is life, right? Yeah, music is life. Music is life. I mean, it's so cool. I've heard someone say this. It was like art like this decorates space and then music decorates time. Yeah, very, very true. Very, very true. Yeah. So I, right now, I, this period of my time, my life, I surround myself with both of those things. Mm-hmm. So musically, I just talk a little music, just fun. So we do, um, this group of guys that we play with are, are just amazing. Amazing, uh, I don't bring any of the music talent uh, other than the singing, singing ability, right? Uh, but we play um, like Bike Week, 
you know, like I'm that's sure awesome. motorcycle week. So we're, we'll yeah. be gigging up in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Nice. Uh, that's where the band's at of Myrtle Beach. So okay. I, I fly up there every now and again and practice with them. And uh, they have cool bike weeks there, um, a week-long bike week. They do one in the spring and one in the fall. And we, we'll play Monday through Saturday every day. Wow, that's and awesome. And it's just, it's the ultimate high. you got to be loving that. Yeah, and, you know, yes, we get paid. Um, but for me to fly up there and stay in a hotel, mm -hmm. I, it's costing me money. Yeah. But it's like the coolest Fun, thing right? ever. You know, you ask anybody, very successful people, right? Elon Musk probably, right? If you, had, if you had to do it all over again, you know, would you trade your life to be a rock star? They'd all say yes. <laughs> Right. Right. Every one of them would say yes. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome that you that you you can sing too. Like, yeah, you mind busting us out of tune? Busting you out of tune? Oh gosh, without any music? Here? Is it a lot? No, is we can. You don't have to. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's cool. I'll tell you what, come to Myrtle Beach. Okay, yeah, I might have to see to a show. And, and actually, from, from this area, uh, Spirit out of Fort Lauderdale. Cheap, man. Cheap, really inexpensive. It I makes, like it, makes it so I'm able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. So wait, do you have upcoming shows? Yeah, so we're playing the week of uh, May the 15th. Oh, okay. It's, it's the Spring Bike Rally in Myrtle Beach. And uh, we're playing, it's Monday through Saturday, the 15th through the 21st, 22nd, something like that, of May. That's awesome. And Is we'll the venue... Play yeah is the venue like outside or yeah so it's bike week have you ever been to a bike week i haven't I... okay so just think of you know five six seven ten thousand motorcycle guys wow converge on myrtle beach south carolina you heard of sturgis right yeah so you know you think of sturgis um same thing these people converge they're the lovers of motorcycles and music and live music they show up to these venues and they're outdoor venues big stages uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of motorcycles, lots of people. Wow. And, you know, m while they might look a little, you know, like, hmm, bikers, right? Doctors, lawyers, <laughs> uh, you know, and everything in between. Yeah. Uh, super nice people, super chill, super cool, love music, and they, they do a ton of music. I mean, there's like band after band after band after band all day, all night for a week that's awesome it's a lot of fun that sounds it's like a crazy time wow yeah it's I, a lot of fun and i can just know the bikes they bring out there are crazy beautiful bikes <laughs> yeah expensive bikes yeah so, like yeah. wow yeah i know a lot of people down here are into like dirt bikes and atvs and doing all like popping wheelies and stuff in the i've never been a big car guy but i definitely respect it because yeah i mean it's gotta get around that's sweet a lot of cars here a lot of fancy cars here in town no doubt about that they have rolls royce trucks like it's nothing <laughs> i had never seen it until i lived down here i'm like wow that's right. crazy yeah are you totally. into are you into like cars too you know i, I not really i'm not really you know okay. uh yeah transportation gets me from point a to point b yeah you know it's funny i i look at life it's funny you take somebody that has nothing right and you take somebody that's a billionaire and um the guy that's got nothing i mean that's incrementally if you think about this a second incrementally if you got a bicycle to get to work <laughs> Uh, if you struggle to put a roof over your head, you can't go on a vacation. Uh, you know, you can't afford to go drink some booze or drink a bottle of wine. Incrementally to go from there to just being comfortable, be able to get on a plane, go on a trip, uh, have a car to get you there from point A, Toyota, whatever. Incrementally from there to here, it's huge, Yeah. right? But from being comfortable to being a billionaire, I mean, in in real, when you really think about it, 
dramatically. So you can drink. Uh, sorry about that. I keep hitting that. All right. That's not good. I'm an Italian guy with a yeah. lot of hand movements. Sorry. <laughs> um, but when you think about it incrementally, um, if you can't ever go on a trip versus, okay, the guy can fly his own private jet there, but you still, I can get on a plane and go there. I can stay at a nice hotel. I can drink a $20 bottle of wine. He can drink a $10,000 bottle. Big deal. It's a right. bottle of wine. Right. Not being able to versus being able to, incrementally, it's huge. Mm. Right? Think about that. I agree. It's huge, right? Yeah. So um, got to keep life in perspective. Definitely. Yeah. I think... I mean, I'm so blessed to be in America. Like, we do have flaws and things we need to work on. But, yeah, like, I'm always like, it could be way worse. Most people on the planet are not living as good as we do. Yeah, and, you know, people, you know, it, it's tough, especially if you don't have the means. It's tough to uh, travel sometimes. But yeah. even if you backpack it through places, that opens up your life. It opens up your world, seeing different cultures, going to different countries, seeing how other people live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do have our floors and we can do better here in the United States. Absolutely. Still a great country. Great country. With a lot of opportunity. There's nothing yeah. you can't do. Nothing. Friend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, the freedoms we have too that other people don't like, it's just, it's a lot. And it's take it for granted. I, Very I much so. A lot of people that really take it for granted and uh, it, it's, it's sad actually. Yeah. I think it, it's like we live in a, a society where it's like you get points for talking down on the country or whatever. But it's like, yeah, there's things that are true, but it's not from a genuine, like, nuanced place that people are critiquing. It's kind of like a, like, it's it's virtue signaling. Like, I'm being cute. But for me, I'm like, look, my life is great. Like, I, I you know what I mean? Like, I have, there's grocery stores we can go to. It's relatively safe. Like, I can... Post, I can say whatever I want about the government. Nobody's going to kick my door in. Like yeah. people definitely take that for granted because other places you got to watch your mouth. Ooh, yeah. You know, and, and I think we got an interesting perspective here in Florida. Yeah. Especially in Miami, right? Yeah. You got a lot of people from uh, South America that have lived in some of those places that maybe aren't very desirable. Yeah. And uh, they look at some of the people that are hating on this country and like, wow, really? I can't believe it. Yeah. This I'm is like. We got this is like gold to us. Literally, I met like, people from like Venezuela and places yeah. that are just like, yo, I don't know what everybody's talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. How do you spread that message though? Yeah, you know, That's, I think I really think we're coming back to long form conversations like this. I think this is where we get the spirit of true America back because it's been kidnapped, from in my opinion by mainstream media and corporate interests because they just want to make money. They're not really concerned about day-to-day -day American lives. I think it is a kind of a class struggle. It's yeah. like, we rule, you guys are just kind of there. But I think now we're kind of getting the power back with independent media and people are coming together in a way that we don't really, we don't feel like we need the big guys. You know, we don't need the CNN to tell me what, what's true or not. I have the internet, I can read what the CDC just posted. I can read these studies and do my own analyses, right, you know? Sure. Well, I think we're getting more and more agency. I really do see like people coming together and just reimagining the way we, we like our communities are, the way we live, the way we interact. And I'm, I'm optimistic because I don't yeah. think, I think it is an illusion, like all the division. I think it's going to eventually. And again, I think if down. you kept life in, in, in your perspective of what you experience every day and where you experience and your your you know, and try to, not minimize because that stuff, some of that stuff is really happening and right. we, we should be concerned about it. But um, certainly live your life from your lens. Yeah. I, I think, and lead with empathy too. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Give people the benefit of the doubt and just, yeah, that's a great message. But 
um we're coming up on time is there anything you wanted to promote as when like like events or anything coming up besides that myrtle beach one yeah i'm gonna be um let's see just the from a promotion standpoint my next art show is going to be in the hamptons in okay new york, in new york in That'll july nice. well, that's going to be fun uh nice event uh beautiful out there i'm a long island guy new york long island guy so getting back home a little bit for me not not the hamptons was home but uh it'd be nice to get there it's supposed to be a really really nice art show to get some exposure for my art yeah um the myrtle beach thing come on out brother I'll, yo I, I, I buy you a ticket okay come you said, on out you said may beach. when uh may the week of may 15th week of may 15th. may 15th it's the spring bike rally in myrtle's inlet which is myrtle beach south carolina uh, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of great music, a lot of great music, lot, lots of fun. And if you've never experienced it, it's a trip. I think I'm going to come. I'll bring my camera and vlog it. I think yeah. I will come for at least a couple of days, right? Yeah. Like it, some nights. It, yeah. it, it, it's a trip. Yeah. We play at a place called Spokes and Bones, which is a big outdoor venue. Okay. Uh, multiple stages uh, for music. And in the traditional place there, one of the other places there is called um, Suck Bang Blow. Wow. Uh, it's actually the combustion <laughs> of a motor, of an engine. Suck, man. Yeah, well. it's got oh, a little okay. play on words, I guess. I like but, that. Uh, and it's like a Sturgis biker bar. They they ride bikes right through the bar. Wow. That's... Big stages, lots of bikes, lots of people, lots of fun, burnout pits. I mean, the typical motorcycle rally stuff. It's a lot of fun. Wow, that's it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. And this is May 15th. Yeah, May, May. the week of May 15th. And um, in terms of the art, again, I have a goal of, of raising a million dollars for charity through the sale of my, or not sale, but auctioning of my art. Yeah. So I don't know if, if this hits any people that know. Uh, sometimes it's hard to get in touch with the right people at these charities. I'm looking to donate my art to mainly in the music in the music uh, venue, uh, big bigger type of live auctions mm -hmm. to auction off my art to raise the most money possible for for the charity. Awesome. I mean, I think we can get. We can definitely make that a little real. That might go viral. We can definitely see. Yeah, very cool, man. Get you some content I, I really that appreciate out. that because that's what my heart is, really, with the art. Yeah. Kind of at the stage of my life where, you know, giving back feels really good. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think this is a great product because, you know, you're going to a nice gala or dinner event to celebrate some big artist, a fundraiser, and pieces like this are there. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, and they're one of a kind. They're one yeah. of a kind. Handmade. And, yeah. And the perfect, the perfect venue is when the artist is there. Yeah. Right. The artist the is there putting on a show for the people during a gala or an event. And I can make a piece of that artist. Mm. And the artist, they can take photos, they can sign it, you know, and then you go home with the piece. Uh, you know, people are very philanthropic, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and that's an amazing experience, too. The whole moment, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was there, he signed it, we took a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the kind of avenues that I'm looking for. Okay. And uh, it's been, a, you know, I don't say tough. But, you know, it's hard to get to the right people because uh, I think once people, once you get to the right person, yeah, sure, we'll take a piece. Right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, oh, you did this with Alice Cooper and you raised 120 grand, sign me up. Yeah, like nobody's going to be turning down yeah. <laughs> numbers like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, all right, well, fingers crossed because I'm definitely going to be telling people that I know about what you got going on. Where can, like, if we're just listening, where are you at on Instagram, social media? And your yeah, website? so uh, I have a website, guitarpickartist.com. Uh, that's my actual website. Uh, then Instagram, Guitar Pick Artist, mm -hmm. as well, uh, on Instagram. So those are the two two places. So personal website as well as Instagram. Awesome. John, I really appreciate you making the time. It was great learning yeah, about same you. same here, man. Nice this to meet awesome. you as well. And thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah.